Hello, my lovely ones, and welcome to Mumming with Magli, the podcast for any mum who has absolutely no idea what the fuck she's doing. I'm Magli, your host, and I can confirm I have no idea what I'm doing. Join me every week as I try and tackle this parenting business, the ups and downs, and the many trials and tribulations. Other moms will also join us and share their story. Let's open up the conversation around the hardships of motherhood and all the pressure that comes with it. Hopefully, it'll make us all feel less alone in feeling lost and completely winging it. I know I am. Enjoy, and don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Hi guys, welcome back to the podcast. Magli here and I have the beautiful Yolanta with me and we are going to be talking all things yoga, mindfulness, mental health and of course motherhood and how incorporating those practices in our lives can help us with everything (laughs) (laughs) because life's not easy as a mom. (laughs) Oh my goodness, no. So give us a little background on you. Yeah, well, thank you, Magali. It's so good to be here and to meet you properly. I feel like I already know you to your podcast, so it's lovely. Yeah, so I'm a mum to an 18-month-old little boy and also a yoga teacher, and I've been practicing yoga for since maybe I was a teenager. When I was a teenager, I started yoga because of, like, de-stressing when I was in school, And that was really helpful. And of course, kind of life took over and I dipped in and out of yoga here and there. And then a few years before coming a mum, I really got into it again, became a teacher, which I love. And then I got a little boy, so uh, which is fantastic. But as you know, that just is a shock to the system, isn't it? Like that first child, everyone says, oh, you're not going to sleep. Um, you know, things are going to change. And you think, yeah, I'm just going to do everything as I did before, just with a baby. Um, Yeah, so that was a shock, although lovely, of course. And so my yoga practice stopped for a while. Mm -hmm. And I think I managed to reclaim it about seven months into having a baby. And um, at that time, it was a real saving grace because I was going through, like you mentioned before, we're going to talk mental health. I was definitely at the start of some postnatal depression. And I think part of that was losing me, you know, my routine, what I would do for my health and my fitness. And yeah, so we we taught our little boy to sleep in his own room in the day to have those lovely naps. And then I reclaimed my yoga practice and it just improved my mental health again. Amazing. Do you feel like you experienced like a deep postpartum depression not wanting to put a label on it no um I never went to the GP for it but I think maybe I should have I could have I was just you know it's always a bit scary to to go that extra step but I think it came I was um it kind of was triggered in a way by but I I breastfed exclusively and I'm still doing a little bit of breastfeeding and it was just like all on me you know and I would I think it started really getting bad when I was breastfeeding for like an hour and a half to get him to sleep at night and then he'd finally dropped off in my arms and then I would slowly try to lower him in the cot (laughs) you know as you do and then he would like oh I'm awake again and oh I've got to do it again honestly so it's like they can sense but then it's so powerful actually when you realize I have found with a baby you realize how powerful energy can be 
because they mm. obviously sense, you know, sometimes even if I'm not touching Isla, when I'm with her, she's fine. And then I'll walk away and all of a sudden that wakes her up. Yeah. It's yeah, unbelievable. They know. they know. Yeah. So um, at that point, it was quite serious. I don't know whether people would have labeled it, but there were times when I got so just angry and I almost wanted to like hurt myself in a weird way. Like, you know, like I obviously never wanted to hurt Ashley, but I was so frustrated and I just wanted to almost bash my own head against the wall kind of thing. It was really quite dark sometimes. So yeah, that was a bit scary. Yeah, I bet. What do Mm. you feel was the catalyst for change for you? Like what made a difference? Well, sleep training. (laughs) So uh, when, when that started really being consistent, we thought, you know, why don't we pay someone to give us some real advice? Because he's was six or seven months and it was just unsustainable the way we were putting him down for sleep and my husband Michael just really wanted to help and I was just no he's just he has to breastfeed to sleep there's no other way so yeah we got advice from this wonderful lady to do it really gently so to kind of start to lay him in the bed awake with a hand on him and slowly slowly kind of teaching him that this is how you fall asleep you don't Mm fall asleep on mum's boobs and that and that so that allowed us to lay in, in his bed for daytime naps and that you know to get like an hour hour and a half in the day without your baby to be able to do sleep to read a book to have some tea to do some yoga I think that just yeah that was onwards and upwards and I felt I was becoming myself again did mm. you I'm going to ask you this because it's something that I really struggled with Personally, I did seek professional help for my postpartum depression, but it took me a really long time because I think I felt like as a yoga teacher, surely I must know how to take care of myself. Surely I must be able to get myself out of this rut, for lack of a better Mm. word. Did you feel any pressure like that? Yeah, I guess. I um because I didn't discuss it with that many people so I guess I had like maybe a little bit of shame mm. in the fact that I was finding it so difficult um at that point I wasn't doing much active yoga teaching yet so I didn't have a class to speak to about it um but I was also quite aware of my Instagram posts and stuff mm. and I, I just don't actually post that much about my family and about Ashley but I thought I want to show a very accurate picture so I kind of if I would post a lovely like it's his birthday or you know um I would try to kind of caveat that like this is so cute but you know what guys I have been struggling with motherhood it is also very tough mm. um so I think yeah I try to I try to convey the message a little bit honestly but I agree with you as a kind of figure of health and well-being, it's uh, it's difficult to show that you're struggling. Yeah. So you're working and teaching now, correct? As yes. a yoga teacher. Yes. Yeah. When did you go back to teaching after having Ashley? About nine. I think he was about nine months. And uh, the only reason I could, of course, I teach evening classes, um, is when we taught him to fall asleep mm. in a different way rather than just breastfeeding. So yeah, and I only teach a little bit in person at the moment. So so most of your work is online? Yes, yeah. yeah. So my main focus is building my online yoga platform uh, with lots of recorded classes and live classes and things like that. Yeah. 
Did you have that platform before having Ashley? Yes. Yeah, this was my grew out of the pandemic, as so many things do. So, of course, pre-pandemic, I was teaching more and then everything stopped. And I thought I'm going to start building an online library of really nicely recorded classes. And it's grown from there. So it's actually got a lot of content on it now. Oh, amazing. Slowly just kind of growing it. Yeah, it's difficult to build. I mean, I'm at the beginning stages of my platform and, oh my gosh, it's so hard. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it is. And I hear, I've listened to another of your podcasts where you said you're doing it in the same studio where you teach. Is that right? Yes. Although, unfortunately, the studio has closed now. They didn't make it through (laughs) after. Yeah, it is what it is. Um, So I'm going to need to find a new space. But I have a lot of content filmed. I'm just doing the whole background, you know, embedding it on the website, all that. Oh, yes. Oh, that takes us like the majority, like 90% of the work is background, building your website, admin. Oh, my God. (laughs) Advertising. Honestly, it's crazy. I just want to teach a bit of yoga. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Yeah, because I only teach a few live classes a week. And then sometimes people are like, so what do you do with the rest of your time? Oh, admin, writing, blog posts, this, social media posts. Yeah, (laughs) I'm exactly the same. When people say to me, how many classes do you teach a week? It sounds like I do no work at all. (laughs) oh my goodness (laughs) it's crazy um okay what um would you say yoga is your main mindfulness practice yes I think so so I'm a I'm a very physical person and I think we have chatted before that we come from the same background of yoga so we both did ashtanga vinyasa yoga Mm -hmm. so that is still what I'm doing and for anyone who doesn't hasn't heard of ashtanga it's like If there's a massive umbrella of yoga styles, there's a huge variety. And, you know, you get everything from lying on a mat under a blanket and chilling, falling asleep, maybe. And then on the other end is Ashtanga, which is like kind of planks and push-ups and you get quite sweaty. So I, it is so I do it also for my exercise, but I love having my mindfulness in exercise so I um, I used to run quite a bit and that was also very mindful for me. So yeah, so yoga, although it is very physical, I use it to strengthen my body. It is 100% my kind of quiet time because I do focus on the very deep breath and carve out that bit of time that is no distractions, just me. So yeah. I find that personally, I have moved away from practicing and teaching Ashtanga. I'm much more into, I like to call it movement meditation. Nice. I love it. Yeah, just kind of through poses, you know, just seeing how the body feels, checking in, very much more fluid and flowy. However, something I do love about Ashtanga, which you know, listeners, if you don't know Ashtanga, there's a certain series of postures. And what I think is great is nothing helped me build physical and mental discipline like the practice of Ashtanga. Mm, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Because it's so regimented. And, you know, 
it's not for everyone, but I feel like a lot of people, we all struggle with motivation, right? But I yes. also believe that motivation doesn't really exist. It does to a certain extent, but what we need is discipline. Yeah, exactly. I kind of, I just wrote a blog post about this actually, kind of that motivation is overrated. Yeah. In that if you want like a habit, if you want to do something healthy every single day to expect yourself not to actually want to do it, you know? So don't wait for yourself to be like, oh, I really feel like doing this because most often we don't, we don't no. feel like it, but you know that after you've done it, you're like, ah, oh, that was really good. And I needed that. So yeah, that, that's what Ashtanga, it like builds into your daily habits and you kind of do it, even if you're like, I don't really want to do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But that said, so I, I practice Ashtanga. I'm quite relaxed about the set sequences. I'm not all about like, you have to stick to the sequence. And yeah. I like to mix it up as well. And my online classes are inspired by Ashtanga. So there's lots of vinyasas, you know, upward plank, downward plank, up dog, down dog, but it's all mixed up. So mm. I have like 10 minute classes, 20 minute classes, and there's just like a mix of different poses. And I guess the only thing it all has in common is that I do put in a lot of flowing vinyasas. Um, and for the listeners, that basically is every time in between poses, you do a flow of like high plank, low plank, a little back arch, mm. and then stick your bum in the air for downward dog, mm. which just I like it. it keeps the body warm and it keeps the blood flowing and the energy flowing. OK, you'll tell us a little bit of, a little bit more about your offerings in a second oh yes 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 but for people this is something I struggle with uh, because I think I think yoga is literally the best thing in the world yay I think so too yeah <laughs> all, and like all styles as well not just ashtanga like the lying down under a blanket listening to meditations is that's also the best thing yeah agreed and I believe that everyone should be doing yoga. That being said, I also believe that it's really important for each person to find their own style because yes. there are so many different styles and variations of yoga. Even now, you know, the typical categories, so to speak, of yoga, they've all sort of merged together and, you know, people are just moving and breathing, which is really just what I do. <laughs> I don't yeah. know if I can really call it yoga. Yes, but, you can. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I do. Um, for people who are a little bit like curious, intrigued, but a little bit resistant, because also I think there's this spiritual aspect to the practice that perhaps not everyone connects with. What are your words of wisdom to those people? Ooh, so I think for a lot of people, like you said, they are a bit scared when it comes to like, ooh, spirituality, or is this like a religion? And I'm not really up for signing up for a religion. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you hear it all the time? <laughs> Some sort <Yeah>. of cult. <laughs> I know. So I just, I try to like almost strip that away. Mm. And that can maybe come later you know if people really want to if they're open to it that spirituality comes with practice and with kind of them getting to know themselves better um so yeah if you are new to yoga just i would say approach it 
well, personally, I would say, if you're interested in the spirituality, do that, you know, even go to meditation class or anything. If that's not your game, then approach it from the physical side, isn't it? It's, it's if you take all of that away, it's still great for your, your body and your mind, simply through the exercise benefits that it generates. And um, I know that's kind of yoga heresy, because all yoga people say it's more than exercise, and it, it really is. But I think you have to start, you know, start there, mm. and it grows, you know, and, and don't have any expectations. Mm. It might stay at the stretching level for you, or if you do get into a regular yoga habit, you'll discover for yourself what it does for you and what you want it to mean. So yeah, don't make too much of it, but... Yeah. yeah, I agree. Sometimes I tell to people, it's just fucking yoga. Calm down. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just yoga. It's just breathing and moving. Yeah, yeah exactly. Where yeah. would you say you sit more or less on this spectrum of yoga being a physical practice or a spiritual practice you know if you could sort of not necessarily market yourself in a certain way but mm. you have a motto or sort of themes that always you know weave in and out of your teachings yeah well I am like I said I am a very physical person and I studied sports and exercise science so I'm quite a kind of sciencey. I like to think about the muscles and everything in the body. So that's where I come from. And that is also how I market my yoga. Um, because I'm, I'm looking at people who are unfamiliar with yoga and who could, as a physical practice, who could really need it. So people who have the rounded shoulders because they're sitting in front of a desk and they have tight hips because they're stressed and they're sitting or, you know, speaking of mums, you know, the, the rounded shoulders because of the cuddling and the breastfeeding and the pushing the pram. So that's yeah, that's where I come from. But I always have these little nuggets, little kind mm. of extras of mindfulness that I put in my class. And that's almost like a like a little surprise for people. Nice. So they come they come for the fitness. And I, you know, I do like to tell people that you'll get a strong core, you'll get open hips, you'll get a strong back, and then they do the class and then they're like, Oh, and I also feel quite nice. I feel really relaxed at the end. Yeah. Do you work with beginners? Yes. Well, yeah, my classes are all beginner friendly, although they are quite strong. So I kind of I give the options. And, you know, I wouldn't say they are for like, say, very old people, because I do think you need a, maybe a certain physical um, ability, kind of ro robustness to, to yeah. do this. But, you know, even even say, saying that if you are a fairly fit 60 year old, you could completely do it. Um, but yeah, it is approachable for beginners, just beginners who are willing to put in some work and get a little sweaty <laughs> yeah also I think as I asked you that question is it you know suitable for beginners oh, I hated myself for it because I hate that question I really don't like it when yoga studios market their classes towards beginners intermediate advanced mm. because it's so subjective yes absolutely you can get like a beginner to yoga who is like like a gymnast or you know doing something else and mm -hmm. I would I would throw poses at that person like mm -hmm. you try this or you could get you know someone who's never done any form of exercise and it's very different yeah a hundred percent but um I, I just wanted to say a bit more kind of more mum yeah mum centric because oh um, yes <laughs> yeah all, all about the mums because we're mums and just since since having a child I just realized so much more all the 
all the stresses and the responsibilities and and something that you always talk about um that we don't think about ourselves mm. you know everything else is is first comes first and we're the very last people and now i every time i see a mum on the street i'm always like oh like they're doing great well done and i just have a different like i look at the world through different goggles now yeah and then so much more i'm kind of thinking how could i like help those people what do they need like you know they're constantly bending down picking up their child standing back up again like that is such a physical stress on your lower back or like putting your baby in the cot like you know slowly rounding your back and i just appreciate all those aspects more and realize you know with renewed respect for the importance of of taking care of ourselves well and also I kind of think how could I talk to mums to convince them that taking that half an hour when your baby is napping take that half an hour to move breathe do something for you rather than go do the washing up or do some cleaning so that that is the big challenge isn't it how do you convince moms to do that then because admittedly even as a yoga teacher also especially you know if you're a stay-at-home mom it's hard to practice when your space is full of toys, full of washing, full of, I don't know what, everything in the house. And admittedly, I also get stuck in this headspace of being like, okay, I'm just going to tidy first and then I will put my mat out and then I will move. But then life gets in the way, something else happens or she wakes up from her nap. So actually I don't get time. So I understand these women, yeah, even, as a yoga, even as a yoga me teacher. Too. I am that woman. I know. How oh. would you, to those women, to me, to everyone listening, yeah. how do you encourage them to let that shit go and yes. get on the mat instead? But yeah, well, it's difficult. I mean, you know, I'm the same. We're all the same. But uh, I, I, this is one thing I frequently post about on Instagram is that like your house, like things don't have to be perfect. You know, don't wait for the stars to align. Don't wait for you, you to have this perfect exercise space where you'll finally get to do your workouts. Like literally try to accept that your house is a mess. You're wearing clothes with like food on them. Um, <laughs> and so, so it, it is a mental shift, but basically, yeah, just what I try to do is plan ahead. Like he's going to go down for a snap and then I, and then I do my yoga and you kind of have to challenge yourself to not touch anything and say that'll all get messy again as soon as I tidy it up. So let's do the yoga first in like li list of priorities, yoga, then it's tidying, then it's maybe a bit of washing up or something. So it's, I guess it's just getting into that mindset of things aren't perfect and that's okay. Your house is messy and that's okay. Um, yeah. yeah or, or, you know, even if you have like 15 minutes and you're like, oh, well, that's not long enough. So I won't do anything. Like literally it doesn't have to be a perfect one hour practice. Mm -hmm. It's like, get down, leave everything, do 10 minutes. And then that's it. Like, that's what I did before this, um, before our podcast, I usually would do a bit of a longer practice, but I thought, you know what, I'm going to roll up my mat and I did 15 minutes of yoga and that's enough. And for today, I'm accepting that that is, that is good for today. It doesn't have to be this amazing hour long practice where I, you know, feel Zen at the end. Yeah, I completely agree with you. 
I couldn't agree with you more on that, really, because I think there is this pressure in society, whether it's yoga, whether it's, you know, a workout, going for a run, whatever it is, when anything involving physical activity, it feels like we need to do an hour or more. It has Mm. to be all or nothing. And getting into the mindset that actually 10 minutes a day is much better than one hour a week. Definitely. Yeah, and that's what I that's kind of the main thing that I am passionate about to to portray to people about yoga is to get into that little tiny healthy habit. Because some people will say, Yeah, but I really prefer an in-person class. And I get it. I love an in-person class and you get the group atmosphere and it's like wonderful. But if that's unrealistic for you, if you can't drive to a studio, do the class and drive back because the round the trip takes maybe two and a half hours in total. So if that's not going to happen, well, you know, 10 minutes a day when your food is in the oven, start like imperfectly in a way, isn't it? What would your recommendation be for people who are wanting to start aside from booking into your classes (laughs) of course Um, what would your recommendation be but even when people you know practice with you get onto your platform they still have to do it Mm, you know um so in terms of building that discipline building that habit do you have any tips for anyone yes um like link it to something else you also do in your life when I, I used to work in an office and I worked at the University of Bath as a researcher and I would have to leave the house quite early but I really wanted a daily practice so I linked it to I would put my eggs in the pan on the stove and for like the five minutes I put the stove like really really low heat I let those eggs just simmer for five minutes and literally that was my cue it's like eggs are on okay I do five minutes of yoga Mm. and that was it like no more so if you find something that you always do anyway like you always you always cook or you I don't know you always make I I like linking it with food obviously but there might be (laughs) there might be something else (laughs) you know I I love food um but there might be something you do in your daily life that it's like a non-negotiable can you link that with a little bit of exercise even if that's maybe it's not yoga maybe that's grabbing a kettlebell and just doing like 10 squats um in sports and exercise science they call this exercise snacking it's a new term and they they actually do research on these tiny tiny bits of exercise throughout the day and and it does show to be effective um wow that's so interesting absolutely so yeah so so grab your kettlebell or roll out your mat or even even no weights just do some body weight squats or I love I love some squat jumps so you go all the way down and then you like power up that's it's difficult but just doing 10 will get you out of breath so if you start with you know you're putting the kettle on from your morning coffee literally as the kettle boils do like 10 squats every morning and then leave the, leave it at that don't try to do too much and then over time once that's a habit you're like oh maybe maybe I'll do a little more mm-hmm. maybe I will roll out my yoga mat and mm-hmm. do five minutes how do you feel your personal practice has changed since becoming a mom it's shifting all the time so you know as as little babies grow into toddlers they nap at different times of day um, they have different kind of needs and life with them is more tiring or less tiring so early on it's difficult because when he was a young baby and I just got into my practice, I really wanted to just get my core strength back because I've had a cesarean and everything. Mm. And now it's 
uh, and because babies are a little quieter, you know, they cry, but they're not as um, intense as a toddler. So that was more physical. But now I have this crazy toddler. Actually, when I do my yoga and he's, he's napping, I almost take it a bit easier because mm. I'm like, you know what? This is like my like calm Zen time. Um, so it's just shifting all the time, depending on what, what I need. Yeah. Uh, for mums that potentially have recently given, given birth, do you do postpartum yoga or postnatal yoga? Or are you more focused on after they get their clear, so to speak? Mm. Yeah, I don't have any postnatal stuff at the moment. I do have some pregnancy stuff. Oh, interesting. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. On my on, on my platform. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. do have um, I, I filmed a bunch of classes when I was pregnant and did a little mini course on how to teach for pregnant women. Um, oh, cool. But I, yeah. But I think postpartum, it's so varied, isn't it? Mm. Like people could have an uncomplicated birth and basically get back to exercise almost straight away, or they could have a cesarean or all kinds of complications. So Yeah, I agree. Yeah, so I'm pre and postnatal qualified in corrective exercising. So like, it's like the bridge between yoga and physio, so to speak, for postpartum cool. women. It is cool, but I have realized that actually it's a, it's a skill that isn't really transferable online because everything is so personal. Mm, Everyone's really body is. is so different and we're healing in different ways. And so, yeah, I think postpartum women, my encouragement would always be to do what feels good for you and absolutely nothing else. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And it's, um, I would always, I always struggle, not I would struggle, I always pause when someone comes to my in-person class and says I had a baby at this time and like okay did you have a cesarean or what's going on yeah. have you exercised and um, because I haven't actually been trained in postpartum okay. but it's um having experienced my own recovery through a cesarean I now appreciate I'm like wow you know that uh, you feel it for a long time yeah so you've got to be careful and I'm sure there's all sorts of other things that I haven't experienced but that said I'm sure if you gently get back into the appropriate movement as soon as you can it must really help to to strengthen the pelvic floor and to just reconnect all the muscles and all the nerves if they've been cut apart a yeah bit. but even from from day one even if you've had a cesarean breathing mm. is the best thing that you can do to really start to engage those you know deep core muscles and things like that yeah. I think a lot of people are scared and they think that movement has to be really really dynamic and demanding whereas actually yeah. especially if you've recently had a baby simply breathing and moving that belly and you know the diaphragm the core muscles the pelvic floor muscles etc is so so helpful absolutely I as you said that I had this clear memory um the early days when I was still in shock like mm. oh my god what have we done <laughs> my, uh, my my only time to myself was like a quick shower and my my must because I have quite short hair um I can blow dry it very quickly and I was like my my like one criteria in the day is to have a shower and blow dry my hair mm -hmm. and that was just the only time that I wasn't holding my baby because <laughs> he was like he was on the boob 24 7 mm. um but I remember looking in the mirror as I was um drying my hair every day and that's when I would say I'd stand up really tall I'd like very consciously breathe and just like just gently engage 
my muscles and just see what was going on. And that that was my exercise for the first, I don't know, two months or something. Yeah. Do you feel like your, I don't want to say your body, but do you feel like your physical ability and practice has... You can say it. Don't worry. You can say it. <laughs> has come back to what it was before baby. I don't like that term. I know. I know. You everything is back. different. Yeah, exactly. I know. I know. But yeah. for lack of a better phrasing, do you feel like your physical ability and yoga practice has been able to come back to what it was before pregnancy? Yes, actually, surprisingly, I wasn't expecting it. And I wasn't like aiming for it either. You know, I wasn't like, I have to get my body back. And mm -hmm. like, because I, I agree with you, I think it's such unfair pressure on people. And I always, when everyone's like, I want to like lose all this baby weight, I always very, I struggle with like, I don't really want to like, talk to you about that and make you feel like you have to do that but uh, just through through regular practice it has all come back and I wouldn't know through my abilities that my tummy muscles had been completely cut yeah maybe I'm lucky you know sometimes it's just your body recovers well yeah. genetically you're just yeah. you know someone who does recover well um, and of course through all the breastfeeding and oh my goodness there was a lot he like sucked all the energy out of my body <laughs> So, so I didn't, I didn't try to lose weight specifically, but I think it just naturally happened. Mm, yeah, I can only assume, maybe I'm wrong. And if I am, that's okay. <laughs> but I can only assume you were quite active during pregnancy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I was ashtangering the whole way through. <laughs> really? Well, like, like adapted, adapted for my bump, obviously. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I have a picture of me the day before cesarean. Oh my God. Um, Do you have a adapted version of the primary series? for pregnancy i i don't have a video of that i would i used to do it but i have so that the, the pregnancy videos i have are all based on ashtanga ah. um, they're all inspired but they're all i've got like trimester two and trimester three and they're all adapted so i kind of i do do core stuff like plank boat pose um, wow plank yeah it's really important too actually because a lot of as long as you're not lying on your belly and squashing your bump you can really engage your tummy muscles. So um, I agree with the engagement of the tummy muscles during pregnancy. I know that there's a lot of fear around that. Mm -hmm. And I also did, you know, a pregnancy course or have a pregnancy course. But personally, I was always too scared to do plank. I did other ways. Um, but I was I was scared to plank. Oh, okay, that's good. We can plank. <laughs> yeah, and of course... And that's also difficult, isn't it? Because everyone's pregnancies are different. So, um, you know, I think I probably had an uncomplicated one, but mm -hmm. I did have to take aspirin. So they were a little worried about my placenta, oh, I think. Yeah. Um, but I did, I, maybe, I, you know, like I said, I, I come from a sports science background. I'm like, oh, yes, exercise is great for your body. Um, I was doing like squats with a kettlebell all the way through. I, I always combine my yoga practice with some squats. And uh, at the end, like the week or two weeks before giving birth, my husband was like, can you please stop lifting that weight? Please, <laughs> please do it for me. <laughs> But it's I was like, true. okay. Yeah, but I think there is a lot of fear uh, in terms of movement during pregnancy, but I think it's so important. I was exactly the same. I moved maybe even more than before I was pregnant, you know, because I wanted to 
you do feel a bit sluggish, you're pregnant. You know, I wanted to feel strong. And also, I wanted to prepare my body for the postpartum time where I knew I wouldn't be moving. It's not that I was trying to compensate by moving extra before birth. And also, birth is a really demanding physical experience. Yes, yeah. The body needs a bit of preparation. Absolutely. And, you know, and as much as as much as what I'm saying sounds very much about the physical and fitness, but through that movement, you keep your kind of the blood flowing, you keep your blood vessels working well. So actually, I also saw it as being actually good for the baby, you know. Oh, You're, 100%. You know, the, the, the stronger, the bigger your muscles are, the better your body is at um, using glucose. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, the muscles absorb the glucose so you don't get high sugar spikes. So I, yeah, I just think, yeah, I think physically for you and for the baby, it's probably a good thing. Oh, that's interesting. Do you talk about that? Because I well, don't come from a sports science background. That is really interesting about the glucose and the body and the muscles. You'll have to tell me again, because obviously, depending on where you come from in terms of um, your background and body and yoga practice and physical movement, we all have our own benefits that we, you know, talk about. What are some other like scientific because I think that's so interesting and also really important to know rather than just doing movement because it's good but like why is it good yeah okay well so the the reason I often focus on strength and leg strength especially the thighs so anyone that comes to my in-person class always chuckles at me because I'm like she's like oh she's putting in some squats again (laughs) I love I love the squats so that so that's the one I already mentioned so the bigger your muscles and your thigh muscles are the biggest ones in the body the better you are at regulating your blood sugar um well you kind of it's very sugar hungry tissue that is one obvious benefit of exercise and the other ones i can think of just off the top of my head are actually very yogic so it is tapping into that nervous system Mm -hmm. which yoga always talks about and that is also a, a sports science thing so um you will, you know, put your body in that rest and digest mode, which is helps your blood flow to go to, I don't know, um, the digestion a bit more rather than all the peripheral muscles. And like anatomically, of course, I, I talk a lot about the anatomy, how, you know, muscles are attached onto different bones via tendons. And if all those muscles are quite tight, they start to kind of pull a little bit on particular bones. So, with tight hips, you'll get some of the glute muscles and the hip flexors, mm-hmm. like the psoas, kind of attached, kind of pulling a bit on the lower spine. So that's how I talk about, you know, we open the hips and that means maybe if you have a lower back niggle, that might ease up a bit. Oh. Um, the muscles that are attached to the, the kneecap, the, th- the, 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 the quadriceps, if they maybe are really tight, they could start to pull the kneecap in a little different direction. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I kind of, so you've got the anatomical reasons, the physiological, which I would say is, um, is, is that. And also, yeah, the, the nervous system. Yeah training your body to stay in that relaxed state while doing things that are a little bit intense. Yeah, that's something that I focus on a lot as well, because then I'm really into my ethos is more mind, body, spirit connection, Mm. and coming back to self. And it's true that if we're able to calm the breath, when we are 
physically active if we learn to do that we can transfer that when we're mentally active we can calm the mind as well come back to our breath yeah I really resonate with that okay mm. let's get into all of your classes programs oh, um go on what is yeah. on offer all <laughs> oh, right well so I have an online platform and it's currently called bendy wife yoga which is a little cheeky name <laughs> And it includes a whole bunch of really kind of short to medium length yoga classes, all based on Ashtanga yoga, as I mentioned before. And the, the main aim of it is to get people doing little bits of yoga from their homes regularly. So, yeah, I've, I've built an app where the, you can access these classes. So it's quite easy to, to access. You've like a click and you get there. So yeah, that's what I build. I'm building and nurturing, just like you, nurturing your little baby. Yeah. And, and what I do is I write a weekly blog as well. So I have like a, a little a blog for busy people, yoga blog for busy people. Ooh, nice. And trying to motivate people, I kind of write this little tiny little blog every week that has like either a scientific benefit of yoga or I also delve a bit more into the like spiritual spirituality mm. the yoga sutras um, a bit more of the philosophy behind yoga so that's what I do as well and if, if you just want to read the blogs you can also find us on my website um, which I'm sure you'll put in the notes um, yeah yeah send me yeah. everything send me your website send me links send me yeah. send me everything and I'll include it <laughs> in the description Wonderful. guys and you can find everything there how can someone if someone's interested in working with you how does that look like is it just like you buy one class at a time or a monthly yeah, membership good, good good question so at the moment I have a, a monthly membership model I have tried to price it to be really affordable so there's a membership it costs 10 pounds a month and I'm always like in my words in my emails and whatever I always say like it's like a bottle of wine every month yeah and so if you think like oh yeah I drink a bottle of wine in one month <laughs> probably a bit more yeah uh, <laughs> oh maybe maybe I can spend that on my health um so that's it's a membership thing i actually also before anyone takes a plunge i have a free membership available as well and that just includes three of my classes so you can give it a go and there's one last thing i've just finished and I'm really excited about is i've made my first 28 day challenge Yay! well done <laughs> thank you um so it's a 28 day challenge to open the hips and like we were talking before, it's like little tiny classes. So I have, it's just 15 minutes on every day for 28 days. And I've designed all the classes to kind of start really gentle and then slowly get quite deep into the hips. Mm. So uh, that is now available on my my membership yeah and all my exist so I asked all my existing members like, what do you really want I'm going to make this challenge what do you want to see and that was one of the top suggestions um because I think people sit in front of their laptops all day sit in, in cars the hips can feel quite stuck so yeah and also again I'm I'm quite a very spiritual focused I'd person. To, I'd love to hear your views but, on the hips and being tight, definitely. Well, the hips is the second place in the body where we hold the most emotional tension. 
So after the shoulders, in case that wasn't obvious, yeah, the hips. It's also one of the first things in pregnancy, there's so much weight Mm. on the pelvis, you know, Uh, we may struggle walking around. A lot of women struggle, you know, walking if they're carrying quite heavy, quite big babies and the pelvis area, the hips, you know, the upper thighs, they take a lot of the weight. So postpartum, I think it's really important. Once, you know, all that relaxing hormone has sort of settled, I think hip work, active hip stretching, mm-hmm. um, you know, to keep the strength and then passive to be able to go a little bit deeper. Um, and it's also, I'm very passionate about the hips as well. Oh, <laughs> well, brilliant. Yeah. And also, well, recently, this is a personal thing. My mom is going to have a hip operation. Oh. Mm. Because we lead such sedentary lives nowadays. We sit at a desk we are in the car and the mm. hips are just, they're not moving. They're just stuck, aren't they? They are stuck. Yeah. They are not yeah. moving. And then we feel knee pain because obviously the hips, uh, the knee, sorry, is trying to compensate for the immobility of the hips. And then, you know, our spine starts to go and it's just, oh, the hips are a really good anchor. Yeah. Yeah. Good yeah. one. Good one. Yeah. That's a great Ooh. focus. <laughs> Good. I love that. I love that. Oh my goodness. Oh, man, we should we should have collaborated on this challenge. Oh, well, <laughs> you could you, you could have brought the emotional side and the and the release. Oh and my gosh. The... <laughs> well, if you if ever you do another challenge, let me know. I would love to collaborate yeah, with you. Absolutely. Oh, um, let's do that. Yeah. Let's do that. Uh okay. Is there anything else that you would like to share with us or plug or say or whatever? Ooh, well. <laughs> I think I've plugged it all. So thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to plug it. That's really kind. Oh, no, you're Um, welcome. I think the thing is, is that I just believe people should be doing yoga. (laughs) Yes, I know. We are are on the same team. I love this. We're like the same person. (laughs) And I think, um, admittedly, I'm going to be perfectly honest and transparent. When we first spoke, I was like, I'm a yoga teacher, you know, should I be giving my platform to another yoga teacher? You know, this is my ego speaking. My ego was like, oh no, but what if people prefer Yolanta's work to mine? You know, I want to try and get people onto my platform, obviously, because guys, you know, yoga's great, but girls got to eat. We need to make money as well. It's a business. (laughs) But then, you know, once I was able to come back to my breath, (laughs) come back to my truth and let go of my ego. At the end of the day, the goal is just to get people connecting and moving. And if people like your work, isn't that just, that's exactly where they should be. Um, I think that is, that's amazing. That is really amazing. And, and from our conversation, it's clear that we both have a very different angle, um, which is really (laughs) interesting. So I think the kind of people who are my people, I tend to collect people who are like, I want to get quite strong, you know, and then the kind of people who are my style probably are very different from the ones that you naturally attract. Yeah. Um, But that's why I think in the few, I think, I would love to do something together with you because we bring two different sides of the puzzle. Yeah, 100%. I was thinking exactly the same. Um, Let's plant seeds, send them into the universe. 
<laughs> well, thank you so much for chatting with me and chatting to us today. Thank you. Um, I enjoyed it. It was lovely. Oh, I'm glad. Um, okay, I'm wishing you a wonderful okay. day. Yeah, you too. Have a lovely day. And I will be listening to all your other podcasts because they are amazing. So oh, well done. <laughs> thank you so much. Lots of love. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.